How's everyone? Yeah. yeah. How y'all doing tonight? <laughs> y'all doing good tonight? Yeah. That's good. So, yeah, in case you haven't noticed, I am not my father. We're uh, <laughs> out in Missouri right now listening to Brother Randy. So, um, actually, uh, earlier I was talking to someone actually had my times mixed up and thought that they were in Gatlinburg, but that's uh, in like August or sometime later this year. Um, as far as I know, meetings are going well down there. Uh, Dad's able to attend all the meetings, uh, but Mom's just able to attend the ones at night because she has to work during the day from the hotel, but she's still glad she could be out there. So, um, Only announcement thing on here is just for the Father's Day uh, Sunday. The sign-up sheet's still back there if you still want to sign up for some, if there's something still missing. Um, but otherwise, if it's all right with you, we'll just get into prayer and get into service. So. Father, I thank you for this day today, and I thank you for this time that we have here to learn more about you and about your word, and I thank you for all that you have taught us through your word and through your prophets. I thank you for tonight, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, if you want to open first to Ephesians 6, that's where we'll start. Um, the gist of what I wanted to talk about tonight was about... Um, Maybe not confronting people is quite right is quite the right word, but just having confrontations with people and having persecutions in your life and how best to go about that uh, internally, not necessarily the words you'll say. That's that, that's too much of an in the moment kind of thing to be able to give in just a message. But to be able to start with that, we uh, there's some baselines that need to be set. So in Ephesians six verse ten it reads. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And this verse in particular is what I wanted to highlight. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What that verse is telling us is that the, the, the people that are against us, they're, they're not the ones who are our enemies. They have been deceived and lied to their whole lives, and the and who our enemy is is the spirits that are behind it, and the devil that still takes control where he can. Um, that 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 is where our focus and kind of attack should be placed. It's, it's not it's not on the people that he uses, and the on, the only time, or rather, like the times when Jesus is the harshest towards anyone in the Gospels is strictly against those that, that ought to know better. Um, it's the Pharisees against disciples, those that, those that know the law and have been taught the law. Against those that are just wayward sinners that um, may misspeak, like with the uh, man at the, uh, uh, at, at the bathhouse who Jesus went up to and was talking to him. Uh, asking him what he wanted, and the man was just giving excuses why he wasn't able to get to the water first. Um, but Jesus never uh, changed his tone towards him. He never uh, struck him down with words. He simply told him to be healed and move on. But uh, even with the Pharisees and the disciples, most of the time, if not every time, the confrontation was initiated by uh, anyone who wasn't Jesus. 
the Pharisees would come to him asking questions, trying to get him into a trap, or um, or on uh, the occasion with the disciples, most of the time he's just trying to teach them because they're they're just misstepping. The uh, other point I wanted to make is in Matthew five uh, verse eleven. Matthew 5. There we go. Uh, This is in the Beatitudes. And and it reads, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Um, The point I want to make with this is that the persecution that comes your way, it should not come your way justly. Um, And what I mean by that is uh, you you will have a hard time defending the gospel and defending the faith if what they're coming at you, they're coming at you truthfully and honestly because you have genuinely done something wrong. You're you're, you're going to have a hard time swaying people um, to be able to understand you and and be able to listen to you. if the only account of you that they have is all the wrongs that you have done. Um, and the last account I wanted to read is also in the Gospels in John 15. Uh, verse 18, um, it reads, If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. This is Jesus talking. If you were of the world, the world would love his own, but because you are not of, but because you are not of the world, uh, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Um, and that, that, that last section, it's really saying that, that, that the attacks are coming towards you. They're not, they're not personal, the, at least just the general attack of the world. It's not personal against you. It's just the recognition of the spirit inside of you, and and their flesh is repulsed by that. Their spirit is not, but their flesh is, and they, and the persecution that is coming towards you, um, it is coming from their flesh. Um, and so we, we, we don't need to take those attacks personally, even if they, even if they're trying to make it personal by throwing accusations or or slander uh, about who we are or who they think that we are. Um, we know that uh, none of those have any foundation because who we are is founded in the word and not in their word. Uh, but to be able to have those conversations, so that uh, you have those three uh, basic things, they're, they're not our enemies. Um, uh, they're, they're persecuting us because of uh, our word, and they're persecuting us because of Jesus that is inside of us. But to be able to do those things, uh, the, the first thing it takes is peace. Um, the peace that, um, peace in your mind and peace in your heart to be able to listen to God and to be able to listen to them. Um, Proverbs 18.13 says, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is folly, uh, it is his folly and shame. What that's meaning is that like, if if you're not taking your time to listen to someone who is coming against you and you're just spitting back at them words that you've not even thought twice about, then, then you're, better, you're, you're no better than them and you will not change them with those words. Psalm 119, 165 says, 
great peace have they which love thy law, and, no, and nothing shall offend them. Um, and that, that, that's telling us where, where we can have our peace, where if, for those of us that are following his law, um, and just in general his word, of course this is Psalms, this is Old Testament, um, but just generally speaking, following his word, um, we know that we can, have, we can have that peace, and we don't have to take those offenses personally. Um, if you want to turn to Proverbs 3, uh, the passage I want to read there. Proverbs 3, uh, verse 1 reads, uh, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, Bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. What that's trying to tell us is that, again, to be able to, to follow him, and to follow his word that both takes peace within us and gives us that peace, peace to be able to continue to do so. Um, and we can, we can keep that peace and hold on to that peace whenever we have uh, confrontations with others. But it, it doesn't always even have to be in negative sense. You can be having a, a, a peaceful conversation with someone, but if you are also having peace within you, then you can listen to, listen to your spirit and understand, hey, this is a good time to bring up the word, or hey, maybe not today, because if uh, going up to just any random person every single day and shoving the Bible down their throat, uh, metaphorically speaking, is, is, not, and is not a winning strategy. Um, Jehovah's Witness has done that for forever, and their reputation has just become an annoyance rather than um, salvation for better and for worse. That, that's not to say that uh, the Bible should be set aside in our lives or in our words, but just that the such a direct manner and direct words, uh, most of the time people have heard that their entire lives. They've just been, had Jesus thrown at them every single day, and they're, and, and, and they're tired of just hearing that and then just not seeing any of it, either in the person's lives that's telling it to them, or in, or in their own life, especially, because uh, it can be harder for some people um, to be able to see the word that you're giving them and the hope that that's there. Uh, if if all they've they've had in their life is strife. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I believe uh, it was Paul that said something uh, along the lines of uh, show thy faith without, without works and I will show my faith uh, by my works. Some, something along those lines. Um, so that could be uh, just to reiterate, like we don't always have to 
bring up the Bible in every conversation. We should be willing to and able to, which is something that uh, a lot of the church misses, is being able to bring up the Bible in, in, in good and healthy ways that, that, that can help someone. Right? If we were going up to, um, to the bar and screaming at everyone how they're a bunch of sinners, most of them probably already know that and don't need to be told it for the 30th time that day. Um, but going to them with, with love and compassion, um, not even necessarily with, love, with, like, with verses with love and compassion, just, just being kind to them um, is, is such a big step for, being, for getting people to listen to you. Uh, Philippians 4, 6-7 reads, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Um, Matthew ten nineteen says, When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Um, that's what I was mentioning earlier about having the peace within you to, to know uh, to know what to say and and I'm sure that uh, Paul through all his uh, adventures so to, uh, so to speak in, in Acts uh, like I'm, I'm sure he, he studied the law plenty and, and he especially did remember he was a Pharisee uh, but he spent time in prayer with the Lord to mostly just to have the peace uh, to be able to go before the councils and and give the word of the gospel. Um, he, the, the, the words he gave were not merely ones that he could uh, come up with of his own uh, intellect the night before. It was only in the moment um, through the Spirit of God. Uh, one other passage of peace I want to read. It's in Psalms 121. Psalms 121, verse 1 reads, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Um, this last passage and kind of the next thing I wanted to talk about, it's having, being able to have peace about a conversation, both before and in it, is very important, exceedingly important, which is why I wanted to bring it up first. But to be able to have that conversation takes courage. Um, and, and that courage is placed in is placed in a few ways. Uh, one being in uh, in this passage here, where it's saying that, that the Lord is always with us uh, in things that we do, that we can lean on Him with our uh, with our strength and with our mind, and knowing that, that that He is there for us and that He is helping this conversation uh, to either go the right the right way or at least uh, not go the wrong way. Um, there's two passage, passages in Psalms. 
I wanted to read about courage. The first is Psalms 23. Uh, verse 1, it reads, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear, fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you all know this, but Psalms is really just, uh, it, it's a large portion of David, but just uh, any of the poets or psalmists in this section, a good majority of it is just praising God um, uh, to one degree or another. And, and this passage especially is a kind of declaration from David that uh, although he may be going through the hardest of times, and he, he went through some pretty hard times as king. Some of those were self-inflicted. But uh, he, he knew that um, no matter the worst of the things that he went through, that God would be, would be there um, to support him and to comfort him. And the other passage is a few chapters over in 27. Um, Starting in verse 1, it reads, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Um, Again, that's just another reminder of no matter what comes our way, um, be it attacks against us as an individual or us as a religion or community, um, we, we will come out on the other side. Um, so, sometimes that meant, uh, for those that were martyred, sometimes the other side meant heaven, but it's not so bad of another side uh, to be able to go to. So uh, you need to have the, the peace within you uh, before and during the conversation to be able to know what to say. You need to have the courage to be able to start that conversation. But then by the end of the conversation, you need to have uh, the hope, um, the hope that this conversation and your actions will mean something for that person. Maybe not necessarily uh, this instance, but um, I believe it was... Uh, I think it was Larry Hutton, whenever he was here. Uh, I think he was talking about uh, being a uh, link, link to the chain um, to encourage someone uh, to be saved. Uh, he, uh, or whoever said it, uh, didn't care whether he was uh, the first of 50 links or the last of 10. Um, no matter where he was, he knew that, that that link was relevant to be able to get that person to be saved. Um, uh, Jeremiah uh, writes about uh, at least part of this uh, in 17 verse 7 it says, blessed is the man that trusted him uh, the Lord and whose hope the Lord is and the amplified version reads most blessed is the man who believes in trusts in and relies on the Lord and whose hope and confidence the Lord is um, there's a at least from what, what I was able to find there wasn't a lot of passages talking about the 
uh, hope of salvation for someone else's sake. There's plenty of passages talking about the hope of salvation for our own sake, and that is because the Bible is written to us, um, uh, to each of us individually. But uh, we know that we can still give those uh, to others, uh, and we can use that as hope for ourselves that that, that, that they could come to salvation. And seeing that uh, Jeremiah there talking about uh, hope, I mean, Jeremiah, he had the toughest, probably the toughest time uh, as a prophet in the Old Testament. Um, there were a lot of prophets that had, that had wars. There was good old Jonah who in the belly of a great fish for three days. But Jeremiah, just, just no, no one would listen to him. And, and people would just lie to his face. They'd say, uh, Jeremiah would tell him, um, it, you don't don't go to don't go to Egypt. If you go to Egypt, uh, you will die and you will suffer greatly. And they said, okay, we won't go to Egypt. And then the next day, they were on their way to Egypt, and lo and behold, they died and suffered greatly. Um, and that happened half, probably half a dozen times. It happened way too many times. Uh, but e- even through all that, Jeremiah is able to write here about hope and trusting in the Lord and. Um, and I know that we can have our uh, annoyances and our uh, difficult times of people not listening to us whenever uh, we think we're right. Uh, whether, we, whether we're uh, right or not, we, we can still have that frustration of thinking that um, in this moment, I believe what I'm doing is right, but they're still not listening to me. That's, we're going to come across that. That, that. That's not necessarily right. It doesn't feel good. Um, it's definitely not comfortable, but uh, if it were easy, everyone would be saved, um, which, like, everyone could be saved. It's not, it's not hard for the individual to make the choice, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of strife in this world uh, that is doing its best to convince people to turn away from the Lord. Um, there's two passages about hope I wanted to read uh, in Romans. Uh, the first is Romans chapter 5. And it reads, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the, of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. And I wanted to read that passage again in the ESV, because it's a little, little easier to understand in that version. Right, so again from verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Um, one really, really important point there is... Uh, Verse, uh, uh, verse three there where it says, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Um, 
there, there, there's a lot of people, and I'm not saying I'm completely innocent of this, uh, who have a mar yeah, martyr syndrome where they look for any uh, instance that they can to being uh, victimized, whether it's realistic or not. Um, but what's important with this verse is that uh, that's saying that uh, we rejoice in our sufferings, and some some may take that to say that we rejoice um, because of our sufferings, that we kind of celebrate the terrible things we're going we're going through. And, and I don't believe that's what this verse is saying. I believe that what this verse is saying is that is that uh, no matter what you're going through, that you are rejoicing. So that even in sufferings, you are rejoicing, and uh, we see that whenever. Uh, uh, two men of God were uh, uh, praising God uh, in jail, and the prisoners could prisoners could hear them, and um, they they took that moment instead of kind of wallowing uh, uh, wallowing in their cell uh, and just kind of being despondent about things. They took that moment to praise God, and in that praising, they were they they were let loose from their cell. The other passage I wanted to read uh, is over in chapter 8 of Romans. Uh, it's towards the end. Uh, back to King James. Uh, verse 24, uh, chapter 8, verse 24, it reads, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is, is not hope. For when a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we, with patience, wait for it. And again, I'm going to read that uh, in ESV. Uh, verse 24 again. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what, is, for what he sees? But if we, if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Um, and this passage is talking about salvation, but I, I, I do think it can apply to the, um, about our salvation, but I do think it can apply to having hope in others changing. Um, uh, you're not always necessarily going to see like, oh, I've had one conversation with this person and they've completely turned their life around and are following God and threw away all, all, all of their sins. That's not a realistic expectation to have for every com conversation. It'd be nice um, just to be one and done with people and you can go on to help the next person. Uh, but, but but for a lot of for a lot of people, um, and I've had this issue before, where for them to for to accept the change would have to admit that they've been wrong for a very long time. And and I've had uh, my, my dad's told a story a few times about a, a teacher I had in high school where he uh, uh, wrote on the board in big letters, uh, "Name it and claim it is wrong" in our New Testament class. Uh, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't have him for too many classes after that, uh, but um, I had a conversation with him. I tried to have the conversation a bit, a bit with him in class, but uh, he, he tended to be kind of the type to where if he had an inkling that, um, that you weren't as intelligent as he was, then, then he would laugh off your idea. Uh, and he laughed off some people's questions that, uh, like, like some people would ask some genuine questions uh, towards him about some of the stuff that he would say and he would just kind of laugh it off and carry on. And that, that's, that, that's not a good message to anyone. That's not a good way to have a conversation. Um, but like, like I, I emailed him about what he said and kind of had a conversation about it. And 
And I thought I had a pretty reasonable argument, but at the end of the day, it, it eventually came down to, for, for him to accept that he was wrong, he'd have to admit that the last 40 years of his life that he had been living wrong, which um, is, is, is not an easy thing to do, so I, I'm not disparaging him in that, but that, that is an important note that we can make for ourselves is to be willing to change on a regular basis because we, we don't necessarily know where we may find uh, our beliefs in 10 years. Not, not, not like, uh, that, that passage that I uh, had a conversation with him about, that, that's a bit more of a foundational thing that, that could be an issue. Um, but there, there could be some non-relevant things that we can still be adamant about that uh, we should be willing to change on because, I mean, we're, we're not God's word. We, the, his word is in us. Um, but uh, what, what we say is not final and we can misremember things. I mean, the, the first time, yeah, probably, probably the first time the Bible is quoted in the Bible uh, is by Eve. It was quoted wrong. Um, so that's can be a point towards us is that like uh, it's it's important to be able to uh, to be able to reconsider things not not that you necessarily should be afraid that like oh everything I believe um, I'm not actually sure if I believe it that's that's not what I'm saying it's just to be able to be willing to to consider all sides in case you're wrong. And that shouldn't be a problem if you're firm in your faith. Because if, if you are, then, then um, like, just with good old uh, evolution, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me to consider evolution because I know from what the Bible says in Genesis that all of creation was made in seven days, really six days. Um, and so I can just very plainly say, like, like, no, based on God's word, evolution is wrong. Um, and... And, and I don't have to be uh, conflicted internally if someone doesn't like that because that's not my belief. That's just what the Bible says. And it's very plain and simple about those things. Um, the last couple things I wanted to read uh, is kind of, again, how we uh, maybe internally address those people um, afterwards. So... Over in Matthew 5, um, verse 43, it reads, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Um, so I, I, I think like after this conversation, the, the main thing to pull out of this is it's, uh, the willingness to love and to pray for those that persecute you. I mean... Dad's talked about it plenty, that, that the best thing that he has found for those that he is having strife with is to pray for them. Um, and not in a uh, 
soul rigy kind of prayer where you're calling down fire and brimstone onto them. That, that, that's not, that's not going to solve anything. Um, the prayer that, that you should pray is, Father, uh, I, I know that you love them, um, and, and, and I pray that you will continue to speak to them, that they will continue um, to hear your words and, and to hear you. And the, uh, you, you can have hope in that because um, he, he, he will listen to those prayers. He will listen and he will continue to speak to them. And, and they, they might not listen today and they might not listen for years or sometimes uh, until they've gone on. But, but we, can have, we can have the hope that, that, that they might. And because if we don't take that... Uh, small inconvenience to pray for them because it, it, it doesn't take a lot to pray for people. I mean, you have 24 hours in a day, uh, 3,600 minute, minutes, seconds in an hour? Yeah, 3,600 seconds in an hour, a whole lot of seconds in a day. Um, I'm around the top of my head. Um, it, it doesn't, it does, you pray for someone in 30 seconds. You, 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 you have the time. Um, and, and, and don't think this is uh, any ac- accusation towards any of you all, but most of the time, uh, my sermons, uh, it's stuff that I'm also working on. Uh, so it's just as much a message to me as it is to you all. And the last passage I wanted to read is back in Romans uh, chapter 12. Uh, verse 17, it reads, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Uh, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, so a, a few like last points in that passage. Um, the main thing is that if uh, is to not concern ourselves with uh, making sure that, that that person that's doing wrong get, gets their end of the stick. That, that, that is not in our place as Christians, we, we, we are not the ones to judge them in, uh, in this manner. Uh, there, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging sin and even acknowledging it to that person, but it is not in our place to uh, give uh, punishment to that person uh, just, out of our, just of our own accord. Um, and then at the end of that verse 20 where it says, uh, for by so doing you will heap burning coals, on his head. Uh, that's meaning is that like, like for you to love someone who is hating you so spitefully, um, that is hating you because, simply because you breathe and simply because you go to church, for you to love them is the hardest thing that, 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 you, that you can do for them because it will go against everything that, 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 they, that they have known. Um, because for them to be uh, to be in that position where they're hating you just because of your Christianity, 
more often than not, it's because they've had a tough history with Christianity, which is, is a shame, and it, 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 it shouldn't be that way. Uh, but for a lot of people, it is. And so for, for those people especially, it, it does a world of good just to, just to love them and to care for them and to have, have peace with them, uh, e- even if they hate you so spitefully. Uh, over, uh, over spring break, I went to uh, uh, down near Atlanta, Georgia. Um, there was a lot of, there's a lot of uh, refugees uh, near Atlanta, um, just as a matter of Atlanta being such a big airport. And there's this uh, ministry down there that kind of does its best to live uh, with those people down there. Like, like the, they, they have their homes. They, they don't live, uh, you know, next door to them. But uh, there's these uh, two girls that talk to us that uh, work in the ministry. And basically what their day-to-day consists of is being um, just their American friend who can help them with their uh, visas and help them with their uh, citizenship and with their credit cards and with their rent um, and just being a good Christian friend to them. And that's, that's just one part of the ministry, but that's, that, that, that kind of ministry has, they've, they, I'm sure that they've had worlds of change. I mean, like we were going to some of the neighborhoods and the entire neighborhood would know the guy that we're with because he has been there with them for years and years and years, uh, just loving them and caring for them. Um, and with, uh, with that, I think we'll close in prayer. Um, Father, I thank you for this message that you brought to us today. I thank you for this time here, Father, the safe place that we have uh, to listen to your word and to listen to your spirit. And Father, I pray that the rest of the services in Branson, Missouri go well, Father, for Brother Randy. And I pray for the safe travels um, home for my mom and dad. And I uh, bless this offering that we're about to receive. Um, In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, Y'all have your offerings ready. I'll go ahead and receive them. <laughs> oh, I'm good. Can you be done? You all could be dismissed. <laughs>